Wait, the passive on Kindle Gen doesn't stack. <laughs> oh my god. You're listening to the only new buzzing podcast that does tons of damage. You're listening to Low Elo. To low Elo. <laughs> This week it's Low Elo 28. I'm your host Jeff Wyckoff, aka Eat Crayons, and with me as always is Dave, aka Copy 386. What's up? This week it's going to be just the two of us, so we're going to cover everything from new champions to the most burning questions in League of Legends history. Yeah, speaking of new champions, have you seen the art for this guy and the little spotlights they've done? I just I'm got to say it. Jace looks dumb. Well, shoot, he he sounds kind of dumb. It's Jace, the protector of tomorrow. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to spend a bunch of RP buying this guy on release day or if I'm supposed to be bringing my nieces and nephews to watch the latest Disney film starring Nicolas Cage and The Rock. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the the defender of tomorrow. Uh, And speaking of which, the art kind of looks like Stephen Colbert. Yeah, I noticed that. Like, he's Stephen Colbert mixed with Samus Aaron because his one skin has him decked out in like a robot. And if you look, he's doing like the typical Samus Aaron pose with the one arm up and back and, you know, and, and then who knows what's going on because you've got, you know, Stephen Colbert is a dude and Samus Aaron is female. And this guy apparently is supposed to be both ranged and what, Melee at the same time? Yeah, he's got a hammer gun. And the, my feelings on it is if if you're playing like a zombie survival game, it's cool if you find the duct tape and you find the shotgun and the hammer and you you know tape the shotgun to the hammer and laugh as you murder zombies with it. But this isn't zombie murder game. This is League of Legends. It's true. I think that uh, you know the the, mur- the the shotgun hammer is a great idea for both you know, first-person shooter zombie survival games and Saturday morning cartoon shows, but maybe not the best choice for the number one MOBA on the face of the planet. Maybe maybe a Minecraft mod. Uh, I shotgun think so. hammer. Yeah, yeah shotgun hammer <laughs> Minecraft mod. You know, it mines, mines as he murders. Yeah, yeah. And the, just watching the mechanics on the little video, it his abilities... Eh, I just... I don't get it. He's... One word that I've used before is befuddled. I'm kind of befuddled with this guy. Like, am I supposed to be like a all-American hero, you know, flying in on a eagle like Stephen Colbert and hitting people with my hammer? Or I'm supposed to be a little wussy guy, you know, hiding in the back shooting people? I'm. It's confusing. And and I mean, he doesn't actually have an eagle, does he? Because if he did, I might change my entire opinion no. on this guy. Yeah, yeah. If he did, he he would look cool. Yeah, in, in fact, that's probably the one thing missing from him is an eagle. I think that if they were to, you know, taken some hints off of the recent success with Swain and added a bird, then this guy could be a real hit. But otherwise, I'm starting to get just a little bit upset with where this is going to go for our hundredth champion in the League of Legends. Yeah, it's where's where his he needs maybe some rocket skates. 
Yeah, rockets. He needs a rocket skates and a bird. That's that's really what's going to do it for him. But speaking of silly things that are brand new, at least this one we've already had a taste of, so we already can predict the full ramifications. Uh, let's talk about the proving ground a little bit. Have you had a chance to play through that? Yeah, I have, and I know for a fact that you have not. <laughs> oh. You haven't touched that map, have you? I haven't, and I feel like this map has made me one of the happiest persons in the world because I can instantly spot when I'm about to be ambushed into a game mode that I do not enjoy. I'm not saying that it's worse than other game modes. I'm just saying that I don't enjoy it because I would rather have fun when I play League of Legends. Yeah, and the problem is is that the all the strategy and planning and teamwork that go with a game on Summoner's Rift and a little bit less so on Dominion are replaced by look at all these abilities flashy colors. If I wanted to play a flashy color ability, I'd load up Yahoo Games and play uh I don't know, what's that bejeweled clone with the with the rubber balls? Uh, anyway, I'm, I I <laughs> I'd don't play know, bejeweled. But we'll call it we'll call it rubber ball bejeweled game on Yahoo. <laughs> No, I, I, I'm with you there. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's a uh, game that's kind of set up to really just showcase graphics and have everyone run at each other. And this is something that I guess people are enjoying because they're coming up with all kinds of brand new game modes and stuff that involve the murder bridge, as it's become called by the greater community out there. Uh, but I think the, the real question that people should be asking themselves is... This map is essentially a straight line. Why did it take two years to develop? Yeah, and they had a straight line already to work from from the tutorial. I mean, it's just a reskin of the tutorial, pretty much. They added health packs. They have the Dominion-style little health packs. Um, the name of the game, by the way, is Bounce Out. Go play it. It's Bouncy Balls. Bouncy? But... Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the, the Yahoo... Bejeweled rubber ball, <laughs> bouncing ball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But on on uh, proving grounds, it's it's like it feels like it was developed by PopCap. I mean, there's no, there's absolutely no thought that goes into it. I don't know. I just, it's a game that I don't like. I wonder how much internal testing this one got. Do you think that they can say they've got the same amount of internal testing on proving grounds as they've had on uh, previous maps, like even Dominion, anything like that? Because I would love to hear that it's equal or even you know uh half because i would just laugh i can imagine them putting that much work into something that just seems so simple from you know at least armchair developer standpoint but you know what's really funny about the whole thing they're asking for matchmaking <laughs> oh my gosh like players are asking for matchmaking for murder bridge well do you think it's because they're hurt because they hyped up dominion so much and then dominion kind of you know, with a dud. I don't no, know. People I, play I, I it. Think but... it's, I think it's because Riot, for as much trouble as we might give them every now and then, realizes that this is meant for a casual format, and so matchmaking isn't really something that should be factored in. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I don't, don't know. I don't want to know my uh, Murder Bridge ELO. <laughs> right. It just doesn't make any sense for us to be pursuing, uh, you know, do, do, kid, do you really want to be platinum ranked? At Murder Bridge, you know, <laughs> at, at Proving Grounds. I can't, is there going to be a section on Mobifier? Like, oh, God. Anyway, bridges are made out of rocks, Jeff. And you know what else is made out of rocks? Malphite. Malphite. Malphite is made out of rocks. But he's also been made out of buffs. 
uh, basically for what the last six months to a year yeah he got a, a a couple of small nerfs they nerfed the time it takes his uh shield to regen it's instead of eight seconds out of combat it's 12 other than that it's been little tiny buff here they knocked down some mana on some abilities they increased the speed on his uh ultimate on the you know the movement speed on it so it's that was the most recent buff but this guy is a monster top lane yeah, and, and I think that giving him a small speed buff on his ultimate is kind of a, a betrayal for trying to describe how fast he is. Because I think it'd be better to say that you gave him a race car. Because, you know... <laughs> when before, this baby hits 88 miles per hour. <laughs> before, you could kind of see it coming. It's like, oh, Malphite's coming, flash out of the way. Now it's like he has, you know, a screen-length flash from who knows where that just ends in knockups and pain for everybody on the enemy team. And it, it feels unfair, but I think what really uh, caps it all off is that all of these little buffs that he's gotten month over month over month have finally hit a breaking point to make Malphite the quintessential play top lane and win champion. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been in games where Malphite will just play top. He'll kill the, the enemy top laner three or four times and push the lane all the way up to the inhibitor and top while the rest of the game is happening. And then in 30 minutes, it's like, oh, you know, he comes down from on high and starts ulting everyone and they instantly die. You know, that's a great idea for a skin right there. On high Malphite. I don't care about this glacial Malphite that's coming down. I want a big rock dude wearing like a toga or robes, you know, descending from the heavens after having died for our sins, uh, you know, strangely enough on the Proving Grounds map. That would be a fantastic skin, and I would play it. Yeah, and every time every time he ulted, it would go, ah! <laughs> Every time he did anything, it would go, ah! <laughs> You know, and, and, you know, if you actually killed him, then, you know, if he's got... It would have to have a special interaction with uh, Guardian Angel, where, like, he gets covered up with a tomb and everything, and then it gets rolled out of the way, and, oh my gosh, he's not there. Where is he? Oh, nope, he is there. Surprise! He's back. Well, oh. all the little buffs, he's gotten the mana reduction, the uh, base armor, they increase his base armor, like Malphite needed more armor, and the movement speed. It's you're Like we're saying here, he's top lane Jesus. I, I think that what happened here is Malphite was a champion very similar in position to Mundo, who there was really nothing wrong with him, um, and he was a fairly strong pick, but he wasn't popular. And so they made the choice to go ahead and start buffing him, you know, and, and because you don't see him played. It's like, well, if he's not being played, there must be something wrong with him, right? So they just keep buffing and buffing and buffing. And finally, people have caught on. And I think he's only going to last so long before we get a round of nerfs on him and a video for the, you know, the skill patch or for the patch of the week with Morello saying, we've made some long-term buffs to Malphite. However, it seems as though some of these changes have really imbalanced the play field in the top lane. Yeah. Well, speaking of top lane, the opposite of that is bottom lane. You know who goes in bottom lane? The AD carry. <laughs> well, the most important champion in the game, as far as most people are concerned, underneath 1200 ELO. So, I, th I think what w the the most important question you could ever ask about the about the AD carry is, 
which is the best one in the entire game? Which is the best? Well, um, I, if I would judge, uh, normally I judge things on how much I hate them. So it's always, <laughs> it's always a good rule of thumb for me to, if I hate someone a whole lot, it's probably because they're good. So I'm going to go with Graves. I played a few grave games as Graves um, oh, the past couple weeks, and uh, I just I feel bad playing him. Not as bad as when I play like a Cassidy, but I feel kind of bad, like I'm cheating. Well, I think if, if I had to use the exact same thing and say that I was going to pick somebody based on how much I hate them, it'd have to be Kogma. But I wouldn't feel right really picking him because I feel I feel like Kogma is actually more of a detriment to, to his team because you force everyone to play around you. Great in a pro situation where everyone's prepared to make that kind of effort. Bad in a regular situation with typical teammates, even if they're your friends, because you're forcing them into a style of play. So I think Graves is actually a really good pick for best AD champion in the game right now. I mean, what what downside is there to Graves? He has everything. Yeah, he's fat. Graves is fat. He has the, the innate magic resist and armor. He's tanky. And my theory on ADs is when I play AD, I want to feel like if I get touched, I'm going to die. Right? If you make one wrong move, if you make one mistake, you're going to pay for it with your life. But with Graves, it's like, eh, shotgun. <laughs> yeah, and that's how you play with all the other major AD carries. That's how you play with Caitlyn, with Ash, with Vayne, uh, with Kogma. If you make a mistake and get caught, you die. You know, you, sing you single them out and you kill them. But when it comes to Graves, it's just like, I have so much extra armor and magic defense. It doesn't even matter. And with Chaos's recent performances on Graves, it's just he's been all over the place. It's like, you know, try, try to play a game without him. But who's your pick? Um, gosh, you know, I mean, you bring it up, and I feel like I, I don't have anyone better. I think I'm just going to concede on this one and say Graves is likely the best AD carry in the current meta. No one else can really compare to him when you have to look at the full package. I mean, there may be other champions. Caitlyn has better range. Uh, you've got a better ultimate and CC on Ash. You have better evasion on Vayne. But you don't have the staying power and the damage, you know, that uh, Graves has paired up in those kind of ratios on any of those other AD carries that you normally see, especially not on the ones we've been seeing the most lately, which would be Ezreal. I mean, a completely out there guy compared to the rest. Yeah, Ezreal is out there. Uh, but the one thing about Graves, before we move on, is that uh, he doesn't need to have a dash. If you're tanky, <laughs> remove the dash. I mean, replace it with something. Smokescreen is terrible for the enemy team well I in mean, the current design environment if you were to go ahead and give him a dash or if you took away his dash we're going to have to give him true damage <laughs> well right. it, we'll we'll go ahead and table that one i think we both agree maybe just for but we have different reasons or different ways of trying to reel him back in so let's go ahead let's do a little bit of a matchup let's go ahead revisit the middle lane um, and let's talk about AP carries, mainly which one's worse, Victor or Heimerdinger? 
Yeah, going from best to worst, and I'm going to jump out on a limb here because Rin isn't here and say Heimer. Heimer is by far the worst AP carry in the game, and here's why. Okay, convince me. He's slow. He can't help his lanes. I mean, when's the last time you saw Heimer go to bot lane to secure a kill with a gank or go top lane? No, what he does is he'll go up into the tri bush and set down his his turrets and hope somebody walks by. And that kind of gameplay, I just abhor. I hate it. Yeah, I'm not really a big fan of any champion whose major gameplay feature is to hope they get lucky on their gank. And, and you know, hope that the other team doesn't realize what they're up to. Because when he disappears, you figure, okay, I guess I'd better stay away from the bushes when I go ahead and transition. But... I don't know. I, I'd actually have to say Victor's a really good candidate for beating out Heimerdinger as the worst AP carry in the game right now. Um, he is also slow. Uh, let's not to mention that you have no idea what his laser is doing ever because it's been broken for the past four weeks now or something. And his passive gives him one less item slot than everybody else. Yeah, that's that is really a detriment. And Riot has said that they were looking at that on ways to balance it, maybe to make two upgrades so it goes from tier one to a tier two to a tier three item. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I still think I've seen some victors. I've seen you play Victor and do well. I've seen victors do really well. I've seen Heimers do okay. Okay. Heimers. I think the situation has to be perfect for a Heimer to be an asset to his team later on in the game and and you know what i think what you said there has really moved me over to your side um and the key is that victor to be viable requires some tweaks heimer to be viable requires a revisiting of his gameplay style but i think it might also be just the meta i mean in this meta the ap is mid they're designed to be able to you know, that's why LeBlanc's people who can move Ari is so popular because she can move to the other lanes. She can support her team. You know, back in the day, you could sit Heimer up top and like never even worry about top lane, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But if he's the if he's the only one being singled out so much by this meta, is it really an issue with the meta or is it an issue with the champions? So I'm coming over to your side. I'm saying Heimerdinger is the worst AP carry in the format right now. Oh, God. Rin is going to hate us in the morning. Well, you know what? We'll just avoid her. <laughs> and while while we avoid her, why don't we actually talk about champions that both of us are actually playing? Um, I've been playing stuff all over the place. I know you've been playing some new stuff all over the place. So uh, let's start with you. Um, tell me about this Mundo Abomination you've been up to. My gosh, I finally, you know, I've gotten so much flack about my opinions on Mundo, but I finally figured out where he's supposed to be, and it's support. Support Mundo is really good. Like, like I want to see it tested. I want to see it in pro play. Uh, support Mundo, yes, I go Philostone for the mana regen, of course, no, but uh, for the gold per five and the health, Yes, I go Heart of Gold, and then I get two Kindle Gems. Uh, and we talked about this, and I hope you change this up next time and just get one Kindle Gem <laughs> and then get a Ruby Crystal, because this is what he's really up to, guys, is he's getting a Kindle Gem, then he gets a Ruby Crystal, then he turns the Kindle Gem into something else, and then upgrades the Ruby Crystal into a second Kindle Gem. 
Yeah, yeah. So because I, I build Shirelias and Spirit Visage, and Mundo can do all the things that Mundo can do from that support position. He doesn't really need the items to do. I mean, he's got the flat uh, damage buff, which is surprising. If your uh, support can suddenly do plus 100 AD, then that's surprising. He's got the spammable slow, which on on any support is good. And he's got the insane movement speed health regen from his ult. Combine that with a Shirelia's, and it's it's Mundo fun times. And so m- the idea I'm getting here is that you basically play him just like any other bruiser uh, bruiser support in the bottom lane, which is you take over the bushes and you just punish the other team for getting in range. Yeah, and if you've never seen a support Mundo, then you've never seen a bush vomit cleavers for three minutes straight. That sounds both disturbing and kind of silly at the same time. Is it really that good? I, it's. I think it can work. Now yeah. it's up to everyone to come in and tell me how wrong I am. But uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, but I think they should probably give it a try first because you might actually have something here. So I've been playing. Uh, just I, I picked her up. I used to play this champion a whole lot in the past. It's actually how I learned AD carry. But the meta's evolved a whole lot since then, and I haven't played her in a long time. I've been playing Ash. But you've been doing something different, right? Well, Something unconventional? Let's say I've been experimenting some. Um, uh, I've been... And, and, no, don't get me wrong. I'm doing it with certain champions as my support. I've done it with Blitz as my support. I've done it with Nunu as my support. Basically wondering to myself, okay, can I count on them to provide the CZ required to get a kill? The answer on any other AD AD carry that I might normally play is yes. So why does that have to change on Ash? Way I've changed, put that into my play style, I level up my W and I'd level up my E, but I don't level up my Q immediately. I usually get that point in Q let's just say later but before level six i just i just don't get it that early and what is the level five on the e it's a plus five gold per every minion you yeah kill? absolutely yeah, that's that's op right there <laughs> it's it's really good so i like leveling that up um i think that she's a character and uh, she's a champion that needs to snowball to be successful um, she needs those really big items. Like, this is a champion. There's no compromise. If you're playing Ash, you need an Infinity Edge. If you're playing Ash, you need a Phantom Dancer. You don't get something lesser. You don't sit there and stack up and get Doran's Blades and then say, okay, I can go ahead and get, like, a, uh, I don't know, a, a uh, the thing that does damage. And- Pickaxe. Yeah, pickaxe or something like that. <laughs> you just don't do that. You have to get these high-value items and then punish the other team for it. And and I think the best way to do that is to make sure that you're getting lots and lots of gold. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of lots of gold, you know what people haven't been buying is the Ionic Spark. Jeff, is the Ionic Spark a lemon? I'm just going to say no. Okay, and I know the whole world is against me on this one. I still maintain a lot of the views that we had from some of our earliest episodes, you know, when we were very first starting out, and that is that Ionic Spark has a place, even if it hasn't been recognized yet. There is a great article that someone wrote up, did a lot of math and experimentation on Reddit, and where it came down to, and this may be just what we needed, what it came down to was comparing 
the the next best item that does a lot of the same stuff, and that is Wit's End. They're both attack speed items, they both add magic damage, and they both add some form of defense. Big difference is on Wit's End, you add magic, uh, you, you know, magic resist that scales with your hits. On the Wits or on the sorry, on the Ionic Spark, you're gonna go ahead and just add some flat HP. And what was interesting about this is that yes, if you needed the magic resist, the Wits End was the better choice every single time. But there were cases where flat health was better, especially going into the late game, trying to get around all of the AD uh, or the all of the attack damage that scales much faster into the late game. But also your damage output was actually better overall for, for overall damage, not single target, but overall, if you had more than one target within range for you to proc on that Ionic Spark. I don't think it's a lemon. Yeah, and we have seen it in pro play. I believe Hotshot GG picked it up on Shen, and that's the only time we've seen it really in high-profile games. But uh, like you were saying, we did talk a lot about how it can get you assists. It can uh, get you a lot of extra gold from, from damaging everyone in a team fight. Um, but I don't know. I think it's a lemon. I, who's, there, was a, there was a Riot post that said they didn't really know why they put Ionic Spark into Summoner's Rift. Uh, you know, so it, it, it's, it's a lemon. Nobody's buying it. It's bad. It's bad. I, I think that people need to give it a chance, buy it, and try it out before we uh, go that way. The reason it worked for Hotshot GG and what he was getting at there is that what is Shen's major weakness? Even though you can run him as solo, infinite push a lane, he can't push a lane quickly. Ionic Spark fixes that problem. So I think what you do is you put that Ionic Spark on any champion who you can afford to just have sit in a lane all by themselves for the entire game and allow them to push that lane much faster than they normally would, and then back off using an ult or a teleport to get into team fights. I think that's where the value in Ionic Spark is. But let's go ahead. Let's get away from Ionic Spark and all the lightning that it may provide and talk about something that's potentially just as glowy. How likely are we to get a Pulse Fire Jarvan skin? It's been the buzz on the forums for quite a while. They've got some, you know, demo like skins made out there by the community and some really cool art. What do you think? I think it looks amazing in this case. I mean, whoever the artist was, uh, they posted their deviant art profile. They did a really good job. They made him really cool looking, but I don't like this can of worms that uh, riot has opened with pulse fire Ezreal because now everyone's going to be like, Hmm, who else can we pull pulse fire zillion pulse fire trundle. <laughs> I, I want a por Pulse Fire Warwick. See, it said it right that time. You know, I want just like a, a bionic dog that every time you hit his W and make him attack fast, that like vents open up in his chest and stuff and like a whole bunch of blue mist comes out because he's overheating. That'd be sweet. I think it sounds dumb. Mm. Well, the thing is, it's going to happen. I'm telling you right now. They might not call it Pulse Fire Jarvan. They may end up calling it something else. But the fact is, we got Battle Bunny Riven because the community put some cool stuff out there. Everyone rallied behind it, and it looked awesome. Same thing with Surprise Party Fiddle. That was just someone who posted, admittedly, a really bad picture that was just hilarious of Fiddle with a bunch of balloons and stuff. 
you know, come like six months later, we had a skin. I think that I think that Pulsefire Jarvan is a done deal. And what we really need to be looking at is what can we pulse fire next? Just like you said. And I don't think we should be looking at that as a negative thing. I think it's going to be a positive. Well, I mean, what stops there? Are we tired of fantasy-based MOBAs? Why don't we have just like a pulse fire rift I like instead it. of a summoner's rift? Pulse fire summoner's rift where as the game goes on, the field changes and, you know, changes its look and sounds and all kinds of crazy stuff. I love it. That's a brilliant idea, and you should get paid for it. And the Summoner, yeah, the, the, the League has found a portal to the future, and you have to go defend it, and it's on a rotating asteroid. Yeah. Where the, gr- where the gravity fluctuates. Sometimes you go up, sometimes you go down. You know, bot and top lane switch, team switch in the middle of the game. Yeah, definitely going to happen. Yeah, I like it. But uh, we'll Jet we'll packs. get exactly we'll get pulse we'll get pulse fire summoners rift we'll get pulse fire skins for every single champion out there starting with Jarvan then we'll get some other stuff out there I want pulse fire potions I want pulse fire t-shirts and last and definitely definitely not least I want pulse fire Mountain Dew oh yeah that's gotta happen I I want a pulse fire golf club with like a laser sight. Yeah, and I want <laughs> I want a Pulse Fire Golf Club and pull and matching Pulse Fire Golf Balls. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They like glow and like emit I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, the the closer you get them to the hole, like they change into squares or something. That might not be very effective for the typical game, but uh you know, it's I still think that we're not done with the whole idea of adding like future effects to champions to be completely serious. And we're going to see more of it. Um, I don't think it's going to spiral out of control because all it's going to take is one really cool skin idea to pop out of uh, riot. And all of a sudden everyone's going to be on a completely different bandwagon. Yeah. Speaking of bandwagons though, haven't you been playing Trundle? I have been playing some Trundle. So Trundle, I, I was wondering, I see very few people play this. I've heard people claim that he's a really good champion, but I've never believed it because every time I played a game with him uh, on my team, I was just very upset. I always thought he could be performing better as any other jungler. And, and I, you know, but, but so I figured, okay, I'll try it. I'll try him out. Maybe I'll finally understand what it is that everyone's up to. So I've taken up a couple of different strategies. I run a pretty normal route, starting with the wolves, pick up the blue, then I decide whether or not I'm going to invade or if I go straight to my wraiths. Doesn't matter. What I'm aiming for, though, is to get a very early sheen, transition that into a Triforce, uh, get appropriate boots for the situation, usually Merc Treads, just the way things work, but to be making constant use of his uh, Pillar of Filth to create ganking opportunities in each one of those lanes. And the whole whole idea is you wait for them to push up just a little bit too far, place it between them and their tower with coordination from whoever's in lane, you should go ahead and get the kill. Um, what I've really found is that by timing this properly, not only do you become a just an incredible force throughout the entire early game, you're going to basically pick up three or four kills if you're doing it right, uh, during the laning phase, but then when it comes to group fights, 
Um, I haven't, I, you know, I've been playing for a pretty short time. I can't say that I've gotten like a pentakill on them or anything like that, but I do have an unofficial quadra kill, plenty of triple kills in these team fight situations. And I'm pretty confident at this point that once I decide to stop playing against bots and transition to playing against real players, that I'm going to do pretty well. Yeah, I, I saw that, you know, all those trundle games on your match history, and I was, I was proud of you for trying something new. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I think I'm averaging like 27 and 1. Um, in in most of these. And I mean, the the assists don't really matter for this experiment. So I'm really looking forward to making the transition to competitive play with him. Well, are you a believer now? Is is Trundle Jungle, is that a good thing? Is he viable? Oh, absolutely. In fact, I think he's probably one of the strongest junglers in the game at this point. Yeah, well, 27 and 1 on average, that's... You know what? The numbers don't lie. And this isn't a case of playing like Shaco and you're taking away points from the rest of your team because if you if you had been there you would see that the other people on my team are easily taking in 10 to 15 kills each and dying very few times so i think that the uh, contribution that i'm making isn't just in my own score but it's also reflected in the score of my teammates oh yeah feed annie bot and if she's on your team it's all over <laughs> exactly exactly um and so it's just targeted ganks gets you where it ne- gets you exactly where you need to be so let's talk about that word, targeted. Um, targeted advertising, this augmented singe that we've seen pop up on the public, on the public test realm. Um, it looks just like Bane from the upcoming Batman movie, which really spurs on a, you know, a long-term debate regarding League of Legends, and that is who would win in a top-lane battle, Batman or Spider-Man? Well, honestly, I would have to say Batman, because he's got the ability that gives him the extra items. You know, with the utility bait, well, utility belt, everyone else has six items. Batman can carry eight. So, you know, stat, you know, put those extra two items, get him a couple bloodthirsters, and uh, Batman pretty much owns top lane. Yeah, it's one of those few cases where, you know, those early Doran's blades, um, they're never going to go out of style because the fact is you're going to be able to keep them all the way into the late game and then just transition them into other items. And at that point, I mean, when you're adding like your third bloodthirster, um, you know, you really start to see the benefits from having those extra slots. But I do think that the crowd control that you get from Spider-Man, it's pretty strong. And as good as Batman is, he doesn't have that supernatural strength, agility, or durability that comes with Peter Parker. Yeah, well, and Spider-Man, he's just so mobile. I mean, you watch you watch like a pro player playing Spider-Man top lane, he's just all over the place. And it's if Batman can catch him and lock him down to one to fight him like face to face, Batman has a great chance, but Spider-Man's never going to let that happen. Right, and really the best chance that anyone has against Spider-Man is threatening those who are really close to him, you know, going after his aunt, going after his girlfriend, other people that might be in his life. Um, But the fact is is that uh, Batman isn't going to do that. He's got some moral qualms, qualms with that. He's a little bit of a loner himself and understands that you don't bring other people like that into the conflict. I think that... Uh, that's an advantage that, unfortunately, as a champion, Batman can't really exploit. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's always an entertaining to watch. Yeah, and the Batarang harass, admittedly, does put him ahead for probably the first five levels until Spider-Man gets his ult. And then I think it evens out just a little bit. Yeah. So even if we can't go ahead and solve this one right now, it is still an incredible matchup. 
And uh, so Batman and Spider-Man is probably just going to be, you know, uh, an argument that goes on for quite a while here. Hopefully at some point we can get some definitive answers as soon as we start to see them in consistent, competitive, high-level play. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, normally we'd go into the contest of the week or the game of the week. Last week we asked all of you to go ahead and send us your entries regarding uh, the... best comebacks that you've ever seen and we still want you to go ahead and do that but due to the nature of this episode we've actually decided to go ahead and extend this the other side is we've actually been getting really cool submissions so we want to give you guys just a little bit of extra time to generate those comebacks and give us something that's very very cool because uh right now we need tiebreakers is what it comes down to but what we aren't going to skip is we we're not going to skip doing our regular round of shout outs to everybody who's been kind enough to give us a shout to go ahead and give us a review on the iTunes store the fact is is that you guys make us accessible to everyone else your support through the iTunes store puts us at the top page um, it, it puts us as the number one League of Legends podcast on the North American store and in other countries around the world. And that kind of support needs to be recognized. So I'm going to go ahead and start off with Shinigami Mac, Prince of, Prince of Awesomeness, who had to say, as a new player to RTS games and LOL, this pro- podcast has helped me a lot. The tips and strategy segment are awesome. The mission to bat, uh, the mission to battle the toxic community is awesome. The hosts Jeff, Christian, Dave, and Rin are awesome, etc. I just really like this podcast. I can't wait to eventually play a game with you guys. Keep up the good work. And remember, if you're tr- looking to get a game in with us, best time join us on the Low Elo chat room. All one word: Low Elo, L O W E L O, and get us at a time that we're doing our community 5v5s because we participate in those a lot. And even if you don't get a chance to jump in with us, you should get a chance to jump in and play with a game that's going to be casted to the entire internet out there. You might even be able to go back, relive some of that glory by watching the replay afterwards on the channel. But next, we got another shout-out or a uh, a Perfect 5 review from Saturn38 and from... Nato. That's two N's, two A's, two T's, and four O's. So you can understand why I'm a little like hesitant on that one. Natu, 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 Natu. Right. And then our last one came from uh, Papa Gamer, who said, "I really have to congratulate Lo Elo on bringing such clean, intelligent, and lighthearted discussion to the law community. I've been around MMOs since before the term MMO existed." And it's not often that you find a group of gamers willing to sit uh, sit back and just have fun rather than spend a ton of time worrying about the, their individual rank. Keep it up, guys, and Rin. You have taken a great game and added community depth that will keep me playing LOL for a long time. And that's really what it's about, guys. We're here not just to have fun, but to create a positive community and for all of us to have a community in which we can improve our skills. We may not be con- uh worried about our individual rank but we do like improving our level of play and building on the skills that we've already got so i think papa gamer you nailed it right on the head now if you want to get in on those shout outs and you haven't already done so make sure you just leave us a review on the itunes store regardless of what country you're in we read these from the north american store but if you have left us a review in another store and you'd like to get credit Go ahead and send us an email. It's team at low elo 
gmail.com. And you can send us any kind of email, not just to get credit for your shout outs, but also just to say, hey, to tell us about a great game that you've had. Ask us some questions that we can answer on the show or to give us some feedback, whatever you like. It's also, we also have another mailbox that you can send us for our latest contest that we're doing, the art contest for our album art. We've been getting some great questions and we've got some pretty funny posts for it already. The full details are on the website at lowelo.com. But if you have, if you're already familiar and you just have little questions, go ahead, shoot us a message. It's contest at lowelo.com. You can also go ahead, reach myself. Jeff at lowelo.com, Dave at Dave at lowelo.com. But to get a hold of us individually, it's probably best if you go ahead and hit us up via the Twitter feeds. On Twitter, I'm EatGamer, and Dave is LowelodAve, all one word as usual. That's really the best way to get a hold of us one-on-one. Am I missing something for these? No, I think that's pretty much it. Contest, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for episode 28. I'm going to try and not say go ahead one more time (laughs) as I end this podcast. So with that said, go go ahead and stay class. (laughs) I'm Jeff Wyckoff, a.k.a. Eat Crayons. He is Dave, a.k.a. Copy386. We clearly didn't get any submissions for our, uh, you know, tell us what Dave can say at the end of the show oh, contest yeah. that we're doing. I'm <laughs> just gonna, I'm just gonna go ahead and not say anything. <laughs> Stay classy, summoners.
Señor.